Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello, and happy new year. Welcome to the Dream Bigger podcast, where we are ready for some 2021 energy. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Array. And on this show, you can expect to hear from thought leaders who will inspire you to optimize your life in all facets and dream bigger. I hope you guys had an amazing holiday season and are feeling refreshed and motivated to kick off 2021. I figured a great way to start the new year is to hear from a really inspiring entrepreneur and a true leader in the beauty space. So I'm super excited to bring to you my conversation with Alexia Ng, co-founder of Cult Beauty. Cult Beauty is the beauty destination to discover new trends and shop from the hottest beauty brands in Europe. They've incubated some of the biggest indie brands and are super ahead of the curve when it comes to reporting on new beauty trends and the latest science. Alexia is a true trailblazer. I'm telling you guys, she has her finger on the pulse and just knows when something is going to blow up. During our conversation, I ask her for all her beauty tips, the trends we should be taking seriously, and basically all things beauty. So with that, let's welcome Alexia to the show. So my first question is, tell me about your background. Were you always interested in beauty? Like, tell me how you got here. Yeah, I guess I was that sort of wide-eyed little kid um, reading the magazines in the village I grew up in Somerset, um, desperately counting down the days that I could leave school and go to university in a big city and experience all of the bright lights. Um, and, um, I actually today saw that Jane Ford died from the, one of the co-founders of Benefit. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. I was just thinking back, like the, my, the first product that I bought was from, from Benefit. It was a, it was Benetint. Um, and I just remember just that joy of unwrapping the, the really fun packaging that they always had. And um, just that sort of status of having been able to save up your pocket money and get to the point where you could actually buy a, a branded, amazing piece of makeup that was going to change your fortunes. <laughs> um, you know, I, don't, I, do, I do love a, a backstory on, on everything, but um, I think that was where the passion really started and the obsession ne- never really changed. I ended up um, studying fashion design, so it was, I, I kind of came into beauty through the through the fashion lens, which was really um, it was a really good evolution because fashion is something that's very exclusive. Um, it's it's all about 
kind of having this this magical world that that very few people can actually properly experience and beauty on on the on the contrary is 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 very inclusive so it just felt like such a wonderful natural flow coming from that highly creative very competitive fashion space and moving into this world of beauty which is just like a sweet shot to me yeah, um, and then um i was a uh, i was a model out of university um so i really got to experience um working with some of the best in the business and and what a transformation can happen with just some lovely bits of pigment mm. um and also sort of getting a bunch of tips and and really understanding that the the cult products that everyone was using backstage and a lot of them were really kind of i'd never even heard of the brand so it was, it was that sort of voyage of discovery um and then um had a really bad car accident and broke my back which, what yeah which um which stopped the modeling um and then i had to get a, a desk job after that and um went into journalism fashion journalism and, and then pr and branding um and then ended up starting cult beauty so it was kind of it was a it was a bit of a flow of a few different careers and um, a full circle i feel like very like everything sort of led you here and all your experience was so um relevant as well yeah and a lot of waitressing in between <laughs> <laughs> builds character right <laughs> do you know what i think actually the experience that i got from waitressing it was like it's like a phd in human behavior I was also a bouncer um, on on doors at, at clubs uh, wow. for a bit, and um, yeah, it kind of you really you see people at their worst and their best, I guess, when they're when they're feeling joyful. But sometimes when they're a bit drunk and cross, it's it can get a little bit um, uh, scary. Um, but all, all of that really just sort of understanding what makes people tick, and also and how you kind of bring a situation sort of down from its <laughs> from crazy levels um whether that's you know there's a fly in my soup to um i want to kill the person next to me because i'm a bit drunk <laughs> it's good founder training right like doing jobs like that i i really do think it is yeah absolutely and you know it's i guess i always kind of liken careers to a bit like packing a suitcase especially sort of from an entrepreneurial point of view like you every job that you do, every contact that you make, every experience that you have in those jobs goes away into your entrepreneurial suitcase, ready for you to unpack when, you're, when you wanna make your idea real. Um, and just looking back at, at all the stuff that, that I got up to through modeling, through waitressing, through the brand work and journalism, um, it's all been essential and it's, it's all really guided the formation of cult beauty and, and why it is what it is you know that the content focus the storytelling is so front and center with everything that we do and it is because of that background i love that um so you like what made you decide to start even cult beauty and what was that whole process like so i met my co-founder jess um really randomly through a, some pr work that i was doing 
Um, and we got on so well, we just, we just met at this lunch and just got chatting. And it was just one of those things where you, you can, no one else exists because you're just, you've just found somebody that you just have so much vibe with. Um, and then the, the second time we met, she said, I've got a, a basic idea for uh, a business that I want to start. And she told me the idea and, she, and I was like, sounds, sounds awesome. Um, and she said, well, the next question I have is, is do you want to come on board? And I was like, oh. totally do. Um, so the second time we met, we decided to start a business together. That is so cool. But you know what? I feel like when you have that connection, you have it, you know, and it's this like gut feeling. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it, it did us really well. I mean, I, there's always luck involved with a business partner, whether it's somebody that has been your friend since childhood mm-hmm. to a spouse to, you know, or, or to somebody that is, is a complete stranger to, to a seed funding, um, you know, side of things, you know, bringing on, bringing on funding is, is such a crapshoot. And actually that's probably the, the closest thing to a marriage <laughs> that you'll get in business. Um, you know, you definitely, it's, it's, it's about choosing the right partner very, very carefully because, you know, once you are, once you're in, you're in. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, my co-founder is my husband and like, you know, I'm, <laughs> but like, we're lucky that we work well together, you know, and we've known each other for 10 years now. So it's definitely like, it is, I mean, we're married, but it is like a secondary marriage almost. Yeah. And I think it, it really comes down to having different but complementary skills and very different but complementary skills i think that's where it it balances a partnership really well because if your skills are too similar it means that you're commenting on the same thing you've got the same area of expertise so having sort of a completely different set um i think is the the path to tranquility in your partnership yeah yeah i couldn't agree more so you guys decide to start this business how do you go about doing it because i mean this is an undertaking you guys are creating this almost like beauty destination yeah um well i mean the main the main difficulty to start off with was um trying to build a website in, <laughs> in 2008 it hasn't got any easier in 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but in, in 2008, we did not have Shopify. We did not have any of those off the peg, um, kind of lock and load style programs. You, and you know, it was either you, um, kind of tried to build one yourself, um, or you bought one off the shelf for a minimum of a hundred grand, which we did not have. Um, you know, it was, we, we put Cult Beauty together basically on our savings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we built our first website for 16,000 pounds, um, wow. which, <laughs> and Jess project managed it because she's very organized. Um, and, um, she, she was a business analyst in, in, um, in her career at the time. And so we were just, we just built the website in a way that we thought would be good. You know, I guess at the time there weren't the same sort of conventions around online. You didn't have that search box has to be in the top right hand corner, Mm -hmm. you know, logo and and home screen top left, you know, and, and we, we sort of, it was quite an idiosyncratic site. Um, But the whole thing was really based around this, this idea of content of storytelling um, and I think that's what made people fall in love with it. 
um, even though it was a bit glitchy and um, basically did a lot of things to try and stop people from buying. Um, <laughs> I almost wanted to kind of send people a little email after they'd completed, <laughs> just saying, thank you for making it through the Krypton Factor test. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's um, we we we've rejigged it, um, and we're now on a on a completely different. I mean, path. the website looks great, Lex. You guys have definitely <laughs> done a great job with it. <laughs> the years, but actually, we've still kept that. You know, the aesthetic is still quite similar. It's like um, we just we wanted it to have that very glossy magazine feeling to it, with lots of lots of space. You know, there are so many sites where they just cram so much information in and, and we are we're in a world where we're just constantly our, our eyeballs are attacked <laughs> constantly yeah, yeah and actually just having a bit of space around images or text and not not having to have um, pop-ups or you know things that are flashing at you I think it just makes it such a nicer customer experience yeah um, absolutely so we've always sort of worked on on that aesthetic and it's done us well. I feel like it really does reflect the fact that you kind of come from that journalism background because it it really does like kind of blend the two worlds of like, you know, storytelling while having like great products out there. And I think like that's what kind of makes cult beauty so unique. Yeah, I think I think it does. I mean, the the buying team is amazing. Um, and the I guess their remit's really exciting. You know, find the, the, the voyage of discovery, finding those kind of underground cult brands that, you know, have, have their tribes that have, have yet been undiscovered by, by many, many other people and just sort of bringing them to light or incubating really, really young brands and, and um, growing up with them. Um, I love that. It's something that we've really, we've really enjoyed doing. And I, I think it's something that our teams are, are very good at. And then the copy, the copy team are just, just brilliant too. I mean, I think every single word on our site is written by a beauty editor. And mm -hmm. Lots of, um, lots of other sites you'll get kind of regurgitated marketing um, or, you know, just, just basic data from, from the brands. Um, but it's all rewritten by us in the cult beauty voice, which is kind of like, it's meant to be like your best friend, yes. your best friend who also happens to have like amazing beauty knowledge. Yeah. Like all the insider info. Yeah. I love it. So tell me about like what I really love about your site, by the way, one of the features is the 10 best edit. Tell me how that came about. Like, what is the process like? Um, I would love to know a little more. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess the whole site is an edit. Like on average, we, across all the brands, if you average it out, we take about 40% of their entire range. Mm -hmm. um, so, so some brands, it's a very small number and some brands we do take the entire range. Um, and then to do an edit of the edit, which ultimately is what, <laughs> what these edits are, it's kind of a mixture of, um, what we can see people searching for like the the latest trends that are out there um i mean that's the the brilliant thing about um online is that you can really you can see these kind of little grassroots or sort of micro trends as they're as they're coming up and it's like what is that what is 
that mean? Like what's driving that? What's driving that kind of consumer behavior? I mean, this year it's been pretty obvious what's been driving consumer behavior is you haven't had to have too much of a sort of strokey beard meeting to work that side, side of things out. But, um, you know, for example, the, the blue light protection, um, you know, I looked at um, the HEV or, or um, blue light protection products that we have on the site and actually just did an assessment of what's been happening on around the sales. And they've just grown hugely um, and actually then looked on NPD and actually the first six months of 2020 across the beauty industry, blue light protection products grew 170%. So I feel like there's a lot of conversation around it suddenly, like definitely, like I, I learned about it, um, I believe early this year, and I have been so particular since then about like finding those like blue light protecting like sun, sun care products and stuff. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And you are not the only one. I mean, it's generally, you know, brands have been talking about this for a few years um, but it's really this year that it's resonated with consumers mm -hmm. and it's because it's so much more time in front of the screen and you, you yeah. don't really think about it. Like even in, you know, normal office day, you would have half of your day in meetings where you're sitting opposite people. So even though it feels like you're in front of your computer the whole time, you're not, mm -hmm. And you know, this time it's eight to 10 hours a day like, without yeah. stopping. Um, and I don't know, my eyeballs get dry. <laughs> I've definitely noticed that. I, I, I mean, I have to have eye drops with me at all times. Yeah. And, and the skin definitely, I mean, I, I layer, I, I love, I love layering skincare. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't be a, the owner of a beauty site if I didn't. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been hard work over the last 12 years. And I think having that passion, uh, driving it would, is really the main, the only way to make it through that. For sure. Um, but it is, it is interesting to see, you know, what's happened in that in just in that kind of micro trend mm -hmm. um, and where is it going to go like where are we going to take this because ultimately there we know that there is something affecting our skin from the HEV rays mm -hmm. but there haven't been peer-based peer studies you know there hasn't been anything pu published in any of the um, the big medical journals about this so you still we still are very early on in our understanding of, of the effects that this has on our on our skin yeah I mean it's it's really it's so fascinating um since we are on the topic of trends aside from I guess this like blue light trend what what else are some like maybe up-and-coming trends that you feel like consumers should really like you you feel like it's really going to take off um there are some really behavioral based ones and the most obvious one is is one I call bioclinical and it's kind of the evolution of clean beauty, but with um, the pandemic lens uh, on it. So mm -hmm. it's the last sort of four or five years, synthetic or lab grown ingredients have been really demonized in favor of, of the natural set. And this, mm -hmm. this whole kind of clean beauty um, drive really, and, and lots and lots of interest from consumers as well. But what's sort of ha what's happened over the last year is is a kind of redefinition of what clean means um because actually clean you want decontaminated to a certain extent it's not just um 
you know, synthetic free. And I, there's definitely been an evolution in, in consumers' minds around this. And I think it's this sort of synthetic lab-grown hybrid that's coming out of that. So it's um, still using natural ingredients, but with synthetic guard dogs to, to stop contamination, if you see what I mean. Um, or actually that kind of high performance level that you get from synthetic ingredients as well. Um, so it really is about this kind of new hybrid coming out of, of clean beauty. So that's, I think, going to be quite a big one for, for this coming year. I feel like Biosense is doing some really great work in the, in the field. Like, I think they're really cool brand to watch for sure. Oh man, Biosense are, are just brilliant. And you could, you always know like when they, they, they've got a really underground following. So we, we put the products up on the site and before we'd even done an email, they were selling, like we hadn't told anyone they were there. It was literally just up. <laughs> that is so and cool people found them and you know like that that happens kind of maybe one in 20 brand launches mm -hmm. especially for really unknown brands and we launched them exclusively in the uk no one had, had heard of them in the uk except through social media and i guess through that kind of beauty word of mouth um that that happens but um it's a truly cult brand that one yeah for sure so then i mean how do you identify which brands to incubate, right? Like, how did you know that Biosense would be a good fit? Like, are there certain criteria that brands hit? Like, what do you really look for? Um, efficacy is, is really key, but a, a lot of it's gut. So much of it's gut feeling. Um, a, you know, just meeting with the founders or the people that are running the business and just finding out, you know, what their backstory is, what need are they answering? Um, why did they create that brand? And mm -hmm. like, what is their innovation pipeline looking at? Like, what is their, what, what's the cause behind the brand? You know, sometimes that just that, that personal story and with Biosense, it's got, there's so many different stories with the sourcing and the ingredients and the vegan and the, you know, they've really taken the trouble to think about every aspect of what they're doing. And they have a really efficacious product at the end of it that isn't too expensive. So it's kind of, it's sweet spots all over. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's innovation is, is the packaging something that just makes you die? <laughs> I'm with you. Honestly, you go, it is oh my like, God, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And you want it. Like it makes you feel so happy. Like, I feel like that's such a joy when it comes to like, a, like from a consumer standpoint, right? Like you want to own those like really beautiful things that make you feel good. You know, yeah. I, I yeah, totally this get it. Refills. Are, are, I love this this new change and innovation that's coming in with packaging because actually it's this idea of you have the original packaging which is just beautiful, delectable, and you love it, and you want to put it out on in like in the main bathroom shelf, and then you buy minimal packaging or biodegradable refills for it, um, and that's literally the best of both worlds for me. Um, and actually, that you know what we've just been talking about really takes me into another trend that's definitely been expedited by the pandemic. And that's mm -hmm. what I call emo beauty, which is emotionally charged beauty. I.e. beauty products that you buy 
more based on the kind of the mood that mm-hmm. you want them to evoke. Right. So I think, you know, it's, it's mostly around skincare and it kind of very much nods to this skincare well-being hybrid um, that's, that's happened over the, the last sort of two, three years as, as both industries really kind of meld together, in the, mm-hmm. in especially in the consumer's minds. So, but it's, you know, um, I think, you know, this, this, uh, this trend kind of goes hand in hand with like a really efficacious trend. So mm-hmm. the reason that people are spending a lot more money on serums, it's this targeted specific concern all the actives in the world that are going to literally like pinpoint that concern, whether it's say hyperpigmentation on my cheek, the, mm-hmm. the product that I'm going to buy to deal with hyperpigmentation on my cheek is this serum. Yeah. Um, but the moisturizer that I follow it with is the one that comes in that gorgeous pot that has that smell that reminds me of my granny that has that texture that just makes, you know, you put it on your face and it allows you to massage it in and you just, feel good using it and it's true like I feel like there is such an emotional piece with beauty products and like you you pick and choose those ones that make you feel good you know yeah so you know you 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 buy the product you're buying into the claims obviously but the reason you buy one product over another is because of that feeling yeah absolutely and like I think that founder stories and like just having that like really amazing brand story is kind of what allows people to emotionally connect with the brand too which is so important yeah I mean we've kind of we've moved into the era of computer says no and it's that everything feels so dehumanized um, Mm -hmm. as, as, as you move more online it sort of sometimes emailing customer service, like say Amazon or whatever, it's like you're kind of shouting it into the ether. You don't really expect it to be a human interaction when it comes back. And I think generally we are, we're craving that loss of human interaction. And it's ones that you didn't actually tot up because it was your shopkeeper. It was your, you know, like the corner shop that you, you know, you pick up your dark coke or you those sort of things that happen. And it's a little bit of banter that you have for five minutes, pretty much the same sort of conversation every time. You kind of walk away from it just feeling a bit lighter. And like through your day, you have these interactions that just they kind of give you energy. And we're lacking that so badly now that I think there's a real um, crave of connecting with things that are human scale and having yeah. and this is where indie beauty I think it's become so important to people is having a founder that that you could essentially contact on Instagram if you really mm-hmm. needed to like they're, they're accessible they're human they're there and they're also standing up and taking responsibility as well so it's not that computer says no it's you know, a, a feeling of being horrified if you have a bad reaction with that product. And I, I feel like nowadays, especially like, especially I feel like in 2020, this, this whole thing has happened, right? Where like people want that humanness, like they want the founder, like they want the whole package to come with the brand. Like they want to know who it's coming from. And like, even the rise of podcasts, right? Like people love tuning into podcasts to listen to those stories and feel connected to those founders. So I think it's yeah. really cool and like super relevant. I guess it's also like um, there's this this other thing that I've really noticed is this rise of a a, a consumer that I call the values shopper. So Mm -hmm. they shop by ethos. Um, 
rather than necessarily the branding or, or whatever. And actually that connects so easily in with this um, kind of founder led beauty mm -hmm. because they're the ones that are, that are communicating their values and communicating their ethos. And it's so interwoven with their brand. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's all coming together and that's, what's changing things. Like people have really understood this year that investing in a product, buying into a brand is a vote for that brand's behavior. It's a for vote sure. for that ethos. Um, and it's, it's power. Mm -hmm. you know, power to the consumer consumers always had this power but they haven't realized they had this power. yeah i think this year is the year that like they realize that like you know they they have so like they have so much say it's, it's actually very powerful yeah absolutely um speaking of this like again like this trend so like we have like i guess like you've you've kind of identified those things that like i mean are big with consumers and things you see up and coming what are some trends that you think are like just plain bullshit because there's like a lot of these like also like bullshit trends on the market so i'm i'm really curious to get your thoughts there well i think it's that and the one that jumps to mind straight away is is clean beauty because it, it's never, it's undefined. It's these mm -hmm. sort of movements that are kind of vaguely good, but completely nebulous. And, <laughs> um, and you can say, well, I'm buying, it's a clean beauty brand. It's like, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. And you're like looking at it like, well, I don't actually think that packaging's recyclable. Is that clean? Um, so it's kind of more that slightly disingenuous marketing spiel that sort of jumps on greenwashing jumps on this and really like misuses i think the consumers wish to make a good choice for themselves mm -hmm. and the environment um misdirects them yeah, I think yeah that to me is the bullshit trend yeah i love that and like you make such a good point and i think that it's actually very important for like people like you, like leaders in the beauty space to kind of talk about that, right? Because maybe the average consumer kind of just sees the word clean and they buy into that because of that greenwashing, whereas they don't actually know what, what does it really mean? Yeah. And like people are busy, you know, it's like they don't, un unlike me, they don't spend their day kind of consuming and, and considering all of these different aspects of the, of the beauty industry. And, yeah. and ultimately, I mean, that, that is why I co-founded this business because I felt that I was being oversold beauty products again and again. I was this passionate kind of overexcited Muppet being, <laughs> being led up the garden path again <laughs> and again. And, um, you know, like I, I love the science side of, of, or the biochemistry side of, of especially skincare mm -hmm. um, and like what it actually does do. And there's some amazing skincare technology out there. You don't need to bullshit. You just need to create a great brand. Yeah, and there are so yeah. many out there. But I guess in any industry that, that gets attention, that has consumer focus, you will always get the me too's. You always get mm -hmm. the people that don't have the... Um, will to be authentic about what they're doing and then actually think they can make a quick buck i mean it's yeah. it's an age-old issue i mean <laughs> um, and i don't think that's going anywhere fast but what we have now is a kind of much more of a um, an educated consumer who does their due diligence in a way that is i mean it's changed so much in the last 
10 years and just completely enabled by the internet sometimes badly i mean sometimes this misinformation mm-hmm. um travels faster because of the internet but if you are a savvy shopper you know where to get your advice for um, sure yeah go to cult beauty for yeah. your advice. <laughs> i mean i didn't want to say <laughs> i am partial <laughs> yeah but it, it is really good information i will say like even from a consumer standpoint i read the things that you guys write and i think it's awesome thank you um so you know now that we're like I guess there is definitely this rise in education. I can even compare, for example, myself and my mom, right? Like I am, I go into a deep dive into every product I buy, whereas, you know, my mom doesn't necessarily do that. And so I'm the one I'm like, no, 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 like this is what you need for this. And like this, this brand you should avoid, you know? So just having been in the business, do you notice a difference between how Gen Z and millennials interact with beauty products as well? Yes. And I think you know, Gen, Gen Z as, and it's, a, it's, it's so difficult because it's such a generalization, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, yeah, of course. To, to, to sum up huge swathes of the population by Gen Z do this. But actually what you mentioned is, is actually really, really key. It's a real shift change in the information flow is flowing up the generations, not down the generations. You think historically up until this point, education, information, experience has always flowed downwards from the age and the wisdom. And that still happens in many areas. But when it comes to consumerism, (laughs) ultimately the social media and, and, and actually just the online ecosystem has enabled young people to really kind of focus in on specializations. Um, and they are educating their moms and their dads and, and their aunties. Um, I mean, even me, I like, I, I talk to my dad about skincare all the time now and he's, you know, using all the cult favorite brands. He has, you know, his Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads and vitamin C, you know, so it's like, it's really funny because I'm there currently. <laughs> awesome. You've been giving him great advice. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my father is stoically ignores everything that I give him. The only thing that he's really interested in is the, is the fragrance. Um, ah, yes. That's that is one not to ignore. Masculine and, you know, it's like, grr, fragrance, we can find with that. But yeah, he's, he's, he is a little bit old fashioned when it comes to the domain of beauty and <laughs> where it sits. It's so funny with my dad, like, I think the, the turning point was like, I gave him one of my moisturizer and and he like loved it so much. And then I'm like, okay, like, you know, I think that we should just go and pick you up a couple of things. And then we went to Sephora and did this huge haul. And now he like calls me up and he's like, yeah, I see Sephora is having a sale. So like, make sure you pick up like this whole list for me. And I'm like, this is, you know, I am so proud. Amazing. (laughs) wow yeah no I'm, I'm not there my mom's definitely there um, yeah moms great. are easier moms are easier <laughs> definitely I think like of all the things I've accomplished my dad getting into skincare is probably like right up there for me <laughs> I mean, I'm seriously impressed <laughs> oh man um, maybe I haven't given him the right product yet maybe that's what it is yeah maybe uh, like trick him into it you know 
<laughs> um, speaking of this, this kind of realm of like, I guess, like specific products, what are a few ingredients that you feel are like super powerful for the skin that you really love that you feel like kind of people should be using across the board? I mean, I guess my first skincare epiphany really came with acids. Um, and it kind of, what's great about them, apart from the fact that they sound really scary. Aggressive, right? <laughs> Acid, but I don't want to look like the Joker in the original Batman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you've got the alpha and then the, be the beta hydroxy acid. So you've got a full spectrum of sensitive to get it done strong. Um, and uh, the alpha beta um, peel pads from Dr. Dennis Gross that you spoke about are actually have both. It's the alpha and the beta hydroxy acids, which where you really need the, you want the full spectrum. Um, and they do so many different things. Like what's really cool is they sort of break down the bonds that holds the dead skin and detritus to the surface of your skin, which just kind of clears away that dulling surface. So you get new skin underneath that, that probably wouldn't have shown itself for a few days more. Um, and when that reflects light really well, so it really, it, it does a very instant transformation of your skin. But it also, it's like sending your skin to the gym. It's, it's just mildly irritating. It's like somebody just sort of poking you, like a personal trainer just poking you in the ass, like once every five minutes. You know, it's like, that's what it does. It makes you go, okay, I'll do another sit up. Um, and, and, and it just trains your skin and makes it produce more, more collagen which is kind of like the building blocks, the scaffolding mm. of your skin, which holds everything up. Um, so I'd say, you know, if you're going to do any uh, or add any ingredient to your skincare regime, that's like the instant gratification one that, that people get very addicted to very quickly. Um, I guess the other one that, that most people would have heard of is hyaluronic acid. Um, but there's a new one called polyglutamic. <laughs> polyglutamic now sorry <laughs> i can never say it it's one of those things i read it all the time and i'm very mm -hmm. very rarely <laughs> it said polyglutamic acid that sounds um, right I i'm gonna go with polyglutamic yeah, acid I polyglutamic. I it must be right yeah yeah <laughs> take it from the expert <laughs> oh god i mean in, but i spend so much time reading all this stuff it's kind of Actually, I'm having a conversation with somebody I'm not related to. It's so fun. Um, <laughs> um, but um, that one actually holds four times more moisture than hyaluronic, which really? is already really good at, at, at attracting moisture. And it just holds yeah. it where, where the molecules sit on your skin while you're wearing, wearing the cream and just stops moisture from leaving from evaporating from the surface of your skin just which really just keeps it nice and plump and moisturized and i have very dry skin so Same that's way. the one i go for and wait actually, you have to tell me like what what brand are you in like what specific product with this ingredient like are you looking for a cream are you looking for a serum i need all the details cool. uh yeah there's a, there's a cream actually uh the inky list have a really good one they're great um, that's worth it i mean it's a brilliant brand the inky mm -hmm. list um and then the other ingredient another one that's that's sort of well spoken about is retinol um and it, 
it can it can actually come in very very well balanced form so i think retinol of ore was was quite a scary skin flaky process but mm -hmm. there, there's now these amazing the technology has changed in the buffering rather than the actual addition of retinol because it's just one of those those ingredients that's age old that's always going to work for your skin but actually the buffers that they build into the formulas now are so good and the time release side of things so you're literally only getting the dose that your skin needs it's, it's again it's a very like a personal trainer for your skin but what that does is thickens the skin which is really amazing if you suffer for, from dark circles Putting, getting a, 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 an eye cream with retinol in it will really help um, thicken the skin around that area so that actually the dark circles don't show as much. It's, it's probably the best thing. Um, I'm a, um, I love microneedling. I know it's not an ingredient. No, but, but it's, it's definitely like, yeah, it's in that realm for sure. Do you use tools or are you going to someone to kind of like, or like during your facials or whatever? I use... I use this tool that I have on my desk. <laughs> is that the nurse? Uh, sorry, which one is this? It's the Glow Pro. So it's got um, it's got a, the the infrared light as well. So it sort of does an anti aging double double dip. Um, and there's a I always have it on the I've got it on the lip feature on this desk because I get what I call it, I call it the cat's bum. It's those it's those um, <laughs> lines that go, go upwards yeah, from yeah. the lip. Um, but I'm endeavoring to, to tackle at the moment. But yeah, that's, that's a really, really effective tool. And actually, that's another trend in itself is, mm -hmm. is people turning or accompanying their regime with tools and with um, well-being items. So with supplements, so you've got the topicals, you've got the tools, and then you've got the supplements from the inside. And that's really the only way to maintain really great skin through yeah. the kind of strife and troubles that we put our skin through with the blue light and the pollution and the sun and this and that so um yeah that's i found that kind of trio really the category trio really helps i love that so you have access to i would say like the best products in the world so my last question for you is what is your current skincare routine? Like, I want to know morning, night. I want to know all the products. Like, give me all the details. So first thing in the morning, um, the fresh soy cleanser in the shower. So good. So good. Like, just brilliant. You know, it's, it's a top seller. Everyone, everyone agrees, <laughs> I think. Um, and then um a brand that we didn't launch that long ago called beauty stat um and it's i use um, their vitamin c it's, it's amazing it's vitamin c, the universal c, c serum. refining serum I, yeah. think it's I spoke to the founder as well for the podcast he's amazing he's awesome he's yeah. really yeah. awesome guy um and just so so likable ron robinson right yeah yeah um and um it's 20% vitamin C, which is really, really hard to do because vitamin C is like the problem child of the skincare ingredients world. Um, it doesn't play well with others. Um, so actually getting it into a formula where you can really load it up with C, where it doesn't completely <laughs> destabilize the rest of the formula and make it curdle or, you know, it's, it's really, really hard to do. So he's done incredibly well with that. And it's one of those products you can, 
it's really annoying like you're so addictive after about three days you're like wow I can never not have this in my life now damn yeah it's really a fantastic product it's another reason why I have to take two bags on holiday (laughs) do not blame you do not blame you I am not a light packer um what else? So after that, oh, do you know what? At the moment, I am absolutely loving um, Victoria Beckham's. Um, it's like a priming moisturizer with a golden uh, element to it, and it it comes out like a white cream. And then as you rub it in your, between your your fingers, mm-hmm. it has a slight golden color that appears. Wow. And then when you put it on your skin, actually, if you're not having, a, if you haven't got kind of a spot thing going on that day. Um, and your skin's kind of behaving, you don't really need to put any, um, any kind of foundation on. It just really elevates your skin. Um, of course, it, Victoria Beckham would do something like this. Yeah, I mean, she, she made it in, um, in part. Is it Augustine Arbader? Augustine Spader. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, so it's his skincare technology and her understanding that everyone wants to look a little bit golden. So, um, and it's, and the packaging's just killer good. It's so heavy. It's another really bad thing to take on holiday, but, um, it's really, it's a really beautiful one. So that's kind of, that's my quick morning, uh, routine. I tend to go a little bit faster, uh, a little bit slower at night. So I love drunk elephant slay, uh, was it makeup removing cleanser because it, it it has great slip so you can really do a good massage um and then I'll do kind of alternate nights with the Dr. Dennis Gross uh peel pads and actually also quite like the mask his um the LED one yeah the LED mask with the the red light red light blue light so good mix it is awesome and it's three minutes it's so easy to do like all of all of the other tools unless I have them on my desk like this one mm-hmm. I just end up forgetting them um and then there's this Japanese brand called Abuna um that has got I think it's like five serums in the range that's it that's all they they do mm-hmm. and it's this amazing technology that actually uses antibodies and, and the antigens that they produce to fight off I mean, basically what causes your skin to degrade, to age. So it just holds it back. It's wow. one of those ones I, I put it, uh, I put it on at night and in the, in the next morning, like the first time I'd used it, I could really see a difference in my skin. So wow. I'm a, I'm a definitely one for kind of quick, quick, <laughs> quick fast acting stuff especially as the years go on I'm like oh god right okay now something really like gonna pack a massive punch yeah that's I mean that's the dream absolutely and then you know I, I like having a, the silk p- pillowcase so um we we sell a lot of the slip ones but they've got a couple of others um and it just needs to be a silk pillowcase I don't think it necessarily needs to be one particular brand um, but those are really, really good for your skin. I find you get m- fewer kind of creases and wrinkles in the morning to iron out over the day. Um, so I think that that in itself is a really good thing. And you, you can get those um, silk um, kind of turbans as well that hold your hair in. That actually stops um, you from getting the um, so many split ends and just mm-hmm. kind of keeps your blow dry for longer and if you get blow dries (laughs) now i'm now i want to get one of those turbans like you've you've fully convinced me i need one 
That's it's so awesome. And they look beautiful. I think uh, it's called Silk London, Silk with an E. Um, and they do these gorgeous colors. Like, I mean, there's a surreal Carmen Burana. So it's basically sort of purples or you so can just go cool. black. Um, I love that. That's so fun. And they do hair ties as well, which is great. So, you, you know, if your hair's a bit longer, like constantly putting it up, you do actually end up getting kind of a bit of friction around your, the nape of your neck. So um, those are really good to have as well. Amazing. Um, Alexia, thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can find you. Ah, so it's cultbeauty.co.uk. Um, and and share- on Instagram handles and all of that. Uh, yeah, I'm alexia.ing on Instagram. And there's a cult beauty Instagram as well. Um, Perfect. And yeah, I talk a lot about the trends side of things on my, on my Instagram. I like making up names for trends like bioclinical. Um, and um, <laughs> you see, you'll see there's a, there's a few on there that, um, that have happened over the years. But it's such an interesting subject. Like beauty has become this mainstream cultural movement that's yeah. really um, kind of stepped out from behind the skirts of fashion um, and really um, making a name for itself now. Yeah, it's a very exciting kind of space right now for consumers. And like, I think there's so much to learn, like, especially people who kind of like doing a little bit of research, like there's like all these like meaty things to read into. So yeah, yeah I'm sure people, especially who are like into trends and stuff, they love following you if this is something you're on top of. So I'm excited. Cool. Uh, well thank you so much for inviting me along it was um, yeah it's so fun